Know Thyself is dedicated to the exploration of the most rewarding task an individual can ever embark on, the journey to find oneself. Our intention is to investigate the universal principles that have equipped our species to seek the treasure of all treasures, self-knowledge. With your host, Daniel Powinski and Eduardo Manteca, this is the Know Thyself Podcast. Game on. We Game on. Um, welcome to the Know Thyself Podcast. Yes. <laughs> Good to see you, man. Great to see you, my I'm guy. I'm here with Daniel. I'm Eduardo. And uh, yeah, let's get right to this week's episode. Um, we're going to go back a little bit to our episode on alchemy. Um, we probably will um, do this a lot throughout the next few. And today, what's really special is we get to really break down the emerald tablet right and i'm very excited for for this i'm always excited but i i am very thrilled to sort of break down the stanzas but we will end up giving a little bit of a brief history on it and an understanding of where this um originated and you know all the key players as you were just saying in the in the history uh that makes up the tablets now we know that a lot of the things we talk about on the podcast directly you know correlate with the idea or the the myth of the emerald tab- tablets, you know, whether it's um, in the Abrahamic, you know, religions, and then um, you know, and everything else that you've probably heard of, you know, uh, all the characters that you are either well acquainted with or haven't heard from will mostly stem from from here and and their idea of of what these stanzas represent or what um, the interpretation of it might right. be uh according to the century and everything else so i'm just really excited to kind of take a deep dive though more specifically in the emerald tablet itself more than the origin but let's let's start off with a little bit with the origin of the emerald tablet and talk about um someone that we've already heard a lot from whether it's in you know the greek philosophy of with hermes or thoth with um the egyptians so so I don't know if that's a good place to start from there. I think that's perfect, man. Yeah. Take it away, man. No, no, that's perfect. That's a great way to start it. And and again, so this this emerald tablet, this is a very unique piece of history because if there's anything like Indiana Jones that we've ever talked about, like this is it. Okay. So this is a very interesting object because now we don't physically have the tablet in possession anymore. We actually don't know what happened to it. Right. There was the um, there was the burning of a library, the burning of Alexandria, and they believe it kind of went underground. And it hasn't been seen for um, probably about like six six hundred to a thousand years, probably. Right. But it is something that there is from historical evidence of very accredited historians from Greece, from Rome that that claim that they have seen it. And it's been it was actually stated that it was actually. Um, at the Library of Alexandria on display for a very long time. Um, but really what we're going to be talking about is the image, the information that is encoded in this tablet. Right. Okay, so whether this tablet is a physical thing or not is kind of up to debate. But the idea is the perennial philosophy. So what this, the information that this carries is kind of internally within us. Right. Okay, so whether we actually ever find this physical um, item again, and it's called the emblem tab tablet because it it actually looks like it's um built on emblem um on emerald emerald yes yeah. thank you so it looks like it's actually and it looks like the the words which are in this like cuiform like very much early phoenician almost like burned inside them so right. somebody took a lot of process to make this happen uh and actually make this indication and really if you kind of go through history the, the idea is it came from thoth Um, So it either came from a higher being, um, like a spiritual teaching of a prophet. Right. There's going to be discussions that this actually came from the lost city of Atlantis. Um, And then there's also going to be discussions that this might have came from like extraterrestrials who were trying to kind of enlighten the human race on what the process of consciousness expansion and evolution of consciousness is all about. So really, wherever it came from, it doesn't really, really matter for the aspect that we're looking at. And we'll kind of get deeper into that at one point, because it is a a fascinating story, because it's believed that the Egyptians couldn't have built the pyramids without this information. So it's Imenhotep is the first pharaoh that is used, um, that is kind of accredited with using this, and he was the first pharaoh that that made these ancient great pyramids of Giza. Yeah. 
So it's going to kind of make its way down and it's it has parts of history where it's present and then it has parts of history where it becomes missing. Right. But either way, there's always been translations. And this is going to be something that all alchemists are actually going to go through a process of translating. Um, we have a translation from Isaac Newton. We have a translation from Madame Bovansky. Um, so many prophets and spiritual leaders in the past. Um, and what this really is, it's just the encodence of the properties and steps and the process of alchemy. Mm -hmm. And so this is what all alchemists are going to follow. So this is kind of like the primary source material from alchemy. Right. And within this stanza, within these 34 lines, is the whole process of transmutation on all three realms, the spiritual, the mental, and the physical. Yes. And then that's what we're going to be kind of looking at. So we'll get deep into the history because it is fascinating because big players kind of show up in this scene. Like this is what they believe Alexander the Great was his sole mission in life was. And it, the theory is that he did uncover this, and he actually did physically have this. And he put it on display and used this, this, this information that's encoded in the tablet to kind of conquer the much of the known world at the time, right? right? Um, and it was, it was put on display in Greece. And it wasn't until the, the burning of the libraries of Alexandria that we really lose and disappear. It disappears. And that's something that we're going to talk about too when we kind of talk about this history is all of this occult information and esoteric information was at the Library of Alexandria. So when that burned down, there was said to say 700,000 scrolls there of esoteric right. information. So that was alchemy, astrology, um, all the natural sciences, natural law. Yep. And so what happened was when it got burnt down um, by mobs, a lot of this information was kind of put into hiding. And they think that about 70,000 of these scrolls were actually saved and they were kind of hidden all over the world. Um, then the Emerald Tablet was one of them. But the Emerald Tablet is something that hasn't really shown itself again. Like This is what they believe that the Nag Hammadi that came up in 1945, right after World War II, they believe that that might have been in the Library of Alexandria, or maybe this was a copy made of that information. Right. So they do believe that some of these artifacts are floating around. They might just be hidden, hidden somewhere. Mm -hmm. um, so in the future, it might actually be uncovered. But the beauty about it is, is we still have the words that were spoken in this, and it is the most powerful thing, and it's, it really is the science of manifestation. Absolutely. Yeah, and I'm glad you brought up the materia prima and understanding that, because I know we briefly touched on that when we started the introduction with alchemy. Um, so I know we'll go back to that, um, right. you know, later on and kind of explain or take a dive into that. And I know there's uh, individuals who will still present that in their work in this century or in the century previous to us. And then it goes so far back to understanding these, these fundamental principles and understanding like, you know, even what, again, back in, in, um, taking it a little, not so far back, it's still regarded as the secret ingredient of starting it all. You know what I mean? Yes. And so I know I don't want to jump all over the place with, with this, but it is important that, um, you listen to the introduction to alchemy, which we did, um, not last episode, but the episode before that, and just kind of like, you know, sort of get acquainted with where we're going to take this. But, uh, I'm right. really excited to talk about this, um, yeah. with, with regards to the Emerald Tablet. Yeah. And you brought up a great point, man, because that Prima Materia is really what this Emerald Tablet is about, because what we're going to hear, because we're going to, we're going to run through this first, is you're going to hear the thing as the one thing. Okay, so we're going to hear two aspects here. We're going to hear the one mind and the one thing. Right. And the actual focus of the Emerald Tablet is actually on the one thing. So the Emerald Tablet is more focused on a science rather than religion. Like a religious understanding and a spiritual understanding is really going to look at the one mind. And that's going to be like all of our metaphysical studies, right. all the studies of the occultism, right? So the 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 Emerald Tablet is actually focused on the one thing. So how do you transmute this, that one chaotic prima materia to its end game of gold? Yep. And this one thing makes up everything. And that's really what the focus of the Emerald Tablet is on. The Emerald Tablet is very much a science rather than a religious document. And that's what we're going to kind of be looking at. So you are going to hear one mind, but one thing you're going to hear very often in this is the one, one thing. thing. And, and the pronoun that they're going to use for it is it. So every time you hear the word it, they're mm -hmm. talking about that one thing. And that's really what we're, we're kind of breaking down. So um, maybe first, actually, we were going to just do it by stanza, but do you mind just maybe reading it through from top to bottom? Do you want me to read it? 
You have the best voice. <laughs> oh, no. Here we go. <laughs> All right. So it starts with truly without deceit, certain and most veritable. 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 Sorry. I'm having trouble here reading. Um, that which is below corresponds to that which is above. And that which is above corresponds to that which is below to accomplish the miracle of one thing, as we just mentioned, the right. thing. Yep. Right. And just as all things come from this one thing, through the meditation of one mind, so do all created, originated from this one thing through transformation. Its father is the sun, its mother, the moon. The wind carries it in its belly. The nurse is the earth. It is the origin of all. Uh, the consecration of the universe. It is inherent strength, is perfected, and is turned into earth. Separate the earth from heaven, the subtle from the gross, gently, with great ingenuity. It rises from earth to heaven and descends again to earth, thereby combining with its the powers of both the above and the below. Thus you will obtain the glory of the whole universe. All obscurity will be clear to you. This is the greatest force of all powers, because it overcomes every subtle thing and penetrates every solid thing. In this way, the universe created. From this will come many wondrous applications, because this is the pattern. Therefore, am I called thrice greatest Hermes, having all three parts of the wisdom of the whole universe. Herein have I completely explained the operation of the sun. Perfect. That was awesome, man. That was I put you I did put Edwetter on the spot on that one. I was just like, hey, we read that for us. Just had to hold the computer awkwardly. That it's was all good. So good, man. I can't do any of that kind of stuff. That blew my mind. Um this is a beautiful thing about this is every time you come back to the Emerald Tablet, every time you study it, you can get deeper and deeper because really right. the whole process of the universe is hidden within it. So um so we're just gonna kind of take it rubric by rubric and kind of break this down. So this opening rubric, this in truth without deceit, certain and most veritable, this is really like the introduction. Right. And what this is doing is it's it's setting up the way of how, as a conscious individual, we need to approach what is being communicated here. Okay. So what it's saying is it's it's establishing itself as an ultimate truth. Right. It's saying there's no falsehood in this document. Um, so you need to take this very seriously. So as a student of the occult, you need to really align your mind to what is being said, and you need to take away your lower ego on judgment here. And that's going to be something that you're going to try to fight against, because again, it's just like, oh, really, how much information can this this stanza, these 34 lines really carry, right? And that's going to be that, that lower ego mm-hmm. of really not seeing the holistic side of the earth, right? right? So again, it's trying to tell you that you need to take this very serious, um, but you also need to be able to create fluidity within your thought, okay? So you're going to need to be fluid because the information that's being presented here is the information of universal creation. So there is no way that you already understand this. And there's no way that you'll ever get the completeness of this. So every time you approach this, you need to approach this with a new open mind because there's more information that's trying to be presented to you in this whole discussion. Well said. I mean, you're not going to be able to decode those symbols if you're just already jumping to cutting it down to something very basic. Like like modern thought kind of does. Right, exactly. you know, they just laugh at everything that that says. Exactly. So, so yeah, so it's saying, you know, you need to take this very very serious because there's multi-layer meetings that's being presented to you every each and every word of this work carries a lot of density to it right right so you might be able to figure out a new thing in one stanza this time and then the next stanza it's going to wake up your mind to that aspect so it's endless it's kind of like it's like that iceberg right it just kind of keeps going so not only do you have to focus that left side of your brain but we're dealing with the message of thoth right and thoth and hermes are all we're all representatives of Mercury because Mercury connects the left side of your brain with the right side of your brain. So not only do you have to be focused with your thought, but you also have to be fully engaged with your intuitive self. Right. So you approach this document with your brain and your heart, which is very unique, right? So you need to open yourself up to intuitive information, the waters of the universe. Mm -hmm. So not only are you focused, but you are also still taking in that internal information because 
This is the perennial philosophy. So not only are you going to get information from the outside, you are going to uncover and bring to the surface information that's kind of buried within. So this is not a fantasy. It's telling you this is the operation of the universe, and you really have to pay attention. So you have to open your mind, and you have to open your heart. So this document is communicating pretty much directly to that highest self, that ego with a capital E, right? Right. So... So the more you're engaged with the true aspects of life and the the larger picture, the more this document is going to present to you. Okay, so it's a it's a living thing because right. it's a living thing that's within us. You know what I mean? So um, this is why every time we come back to this, we come back to it and we learn a little bit more because as we go through this process of alchemy, we destroy that tyrant king of that lower ego, right? right? And we replace it with that higher king of the higher ego. Yeah, no, I I um I think that's a very good way to sort of start off the first of the of the stanzas and really kind of lay the foundation for for lining yourself with truth, which is we all know very hard to let go of that lower ego. So well said, man. Right. Uh, really, really well said. But um yeah, I mean if we if we move along, um you know, that which is below corresponds to that which is above, which is what we have been saying since the beginning of this. I mean, most of the things you're going to hear here are obviously coming from a hermetic principle and it all coincides as you're hearing just us talking about Hermes in itself, you know? So it's like, it's all going to go ahead and, and sort of resonate with you throughout um, a lot of our conversations. But yeah, I mean, something we say all the time, you know, right. as above, so below and, and, and getting acquainted with that and how important it is to really understand what is happening in the microcosm and then the macrocosm, you yes. know? So, yeah. but go on. No, absolutely, man. So again, we bring up that great idea that this is, you know, whether this was a physical document or internal, this is really that perennial philosophy and it's very paramount for us to understand. So you brought it up perfect, man, when you just talked about this is the principle of correspondence. Like this is why we did a whole episode on as above, so below. This is why it's a hermetic mm. law. And this is really what it's kind of telling you. So what this is, if that first rubric was kind of like the introduction rubric, right. this is kind of the orientation rubric. So it kind of establishes the position of the reader. Okay. So it's establishing the position of the reader um, and really establishes that location of the reader as that middle earth. So you have the above working above you and you have the below working below you. Right. And so what we're really going to see here is this vertical relationship with kind of heaven or the one mind above and earth and the one thing below. So what we're going to call this is it's called the cosmic access. Okay. They they called it the spinal cord of God. And we are right in the middle and we partake in the above and we partake in the below. And really what we're going to be kind of called into at this point is the fluidity and the flow between the above and the below. And that's what's going to be really important because that's going to be something that Eastern mysticism and alchemy championed, where in Western kind of exoteric religion and these Abrahamic religions, they saw the above as good. And the below is bad. Right. Right. And we're going to see through alchemy that they're going to say, no, you need the above to influence and mold the below. The below, yeah. But you can create heaven from above on the below, but you have to do it through channeling that en- or pulling that energy down, right. right? Through that purification process. So again, we're kind of seeing this cosmic access. Okay. So we are on Middle Earth. So again, Lord of the Rings, it's making itself apparent to mm-hmm. us, right? Um, and this Middle Earth or the center point is you. And there's infinite upwards and there's an infinite downwards. And the position that the powers of the above and below can be witnessed or observed and studied through this cosmic access, through our perspective of right. the spot we're at, right? So um, so this cosmic access, the above has always been kind of seen as this brilliant light, almost like this art that where the archetypal forces come from, the supreme one mind, total knowledge. Um, and we kind of see this as fire, right? right? This is the fire. This is the light of the world, right? And this yes. is where it kind of comes down to. And then the below is going to be a little bit more of that watery darkness, okay? So this is the one thing. Yeah. This is the prima materia. This mm-hmm. is the aspect of creation, but it hasn't been created yet, right? And again, we see this in Eastern philosophy did such a better job of explaining this with the yin and the yang, Yeah. right? So we have that female watery energy, which is just pure potential, Okay. Um, and then the light of the above and the above forms that potential, 
right? So as above, so below, and it actually kind of forms that matter. And that's what we're really going to be kind of talking about today is kind of, you know, adding potential to that primordial right. source. So it's just, just get created out of control. So again, you kind of see how the story of the universe has resonated with us when we were talking about how you have to establish your potential. Like you can be anything. You are that primordial matter as a child, but you're not anything. You right. have to focus in and put that fire of consciousness, that fire of thought that kind of direct yourself. So this one mind um, which is going to be represent the above. That's the final. That's the fire of consciousness. And this one thing, which is the below, this is like a, a fluid that can be fashioned into anything. So what we're really talking about today is the coming a nation of fire and water, which is really this ultimate act of creation. So the universe uses fire and water to create because the fire gives birth to the creation and direction to what the water of that prima material is. Right. Does that make sense? Oh, absolutely, man. Absolutely. So again, this is the coming together of the two hemispheres of the brain. This is why magicians practice the union of fire and water, and you hear this everywhere. This is what they're talking about. They're talking about taking the above fire mm -hmm. of consciousness and mixing it with the pure potentiality of the below. Um, so all forms of creation are a mirror of this higher source um, directing the creation. So all higher influence influence the lower. Mm -hmm. Okay. So everything is created from thought. So we can kind of see this through our aspects and life of how, you know, we're able to manifest this because right. we're partaking in creation. We are creators partaking in creation. Yeah. We bring it into the physical realm, which is, um, I know that, uh, I don't know if I read it somewhere. I'm trying to really think right now without choking here, I think it's Aldous Huxley who talks about the perennial philosophy, yes. but he talks about that connection and bringing it into physical, right. like bringing it into the physical reality and understanding like what it means to connect to the divine and really be able to take from what's above and bring it to that below, as you just said. So yeah. 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 Um, yeah, no, absolutely, man. And then, um, Carl Jung as well. Carl, Jung. you know, Carl yeah. Jung does a great job of that. And I think what the alchemist, again, this is stuff you could kind of find in the exoteric religions, like the Abrahamic religions, mm -hmm. but they do, they kind of focus the above as heaven and the below as the devil. You know, they really kind of curse right. materialism where the alchemist is like, well, you only curse materialism if you're not manifesting correctly, but you can take heaven and create it on earth, right. you know? And that's why we kind of have this dogma understanding of creation in this material world. And we always see it as bad where the alchemist and the Taoist and all the Eastern philosophies are like, no, it's a flow. It goes yeah. from above to the below. And then it works its way back up right. as I hit the arm of the microphone. Um, <laughs> but um, that's exactly what it is. So, so the alchemist is going to understand both worlds right. uh, as well as kind of the interplay between. Um, and we kind of see through this alchemical process um, that we kind of studied two weeks ago, that the work has to begin in the below, and then it makes its way to the above. And then the finalization of that process is bringing it back below and sharing the gifts of that one mind Absolutely. and that eternal light, right? Yeah. Learning how, to, learning how to find the door that opens that is probably the hardest thing we do on this physical realm. But mm -hmm. once it's there, I mean, the door, once it opens, it's like, okay, We've been waiting for you to just give you this information mm -hmm. and you connect from the above back to the below. So mm -hmm. it's interesting how you ascend to gain the information and the information as above, so below the information from above meets its counterpart to just like make it here. Right. You know what I mean? Which is, you just said something so, so great that which is people don't teach that, especially like people and sorry, in religions that we are familiar with in the Western world never taught that flow. It was so chopped. It was like quite literally like um, at a very um, sharp, you know, like black and white. Like if it's not this and it's not that, therefore you lose. And you it's lose. Like, You're going what? to hell. No yeah. above for you. And it's like, no, the love is right there waiting yeah. for me. I just need to like really find it within myself to be able to access it. And that's just kind of something that I think should be taught a lot more rather than denying that that door that I'm talking about. Um, right. So. Well, I mean, I think that kind of comes down to the idea that like baptism can't just be done on a Sunday because your parents sign it up, sign right. you up for it. Like 
baptism is the purification of the four elements so you can make it to the above so you can take those higher aspects and bring them back down and that's what true baptism is you know it's the purification of the self and that's kind of what you these four four steps of alchemy are right. all is that it's a real baptism you know you don't just get the like this sleazy priest doesn't get to just drop you underwater for a couple seconds and then like pull you back up and be like right. oh you're saved like there's no way universal creation like it's like, oh, well, that, that person gets to go to heaven because yeah. when they were a baby, somebody dunked them in water. Right. Like, that's just no. baloney. Yeah. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? It's no, just so funny when you really step back from exoteric religion. Like, you can see the flaws, and then you can kind of see where left-brain dominant people can become atheists because they look at this at such a critical aspect, and they don't go any deeper. You know, they don't be like, oh, there's probably nothing to it, and then they just kind of walk away from that aspect. But you can see why that gets form-related when, when we have these rituals that have no significance and no, you know, no accordance to anything else that happens in your life. Right. You know what I mean? Right. You Which can is... literally baptize your baby and then go home and eat chicken wings and watch football. And you're like, today was a good day. We ate, watched football. And then your wife's like, oh, and the baby got baptized. And again, the baby got oh, baptized. Yeah. 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 No, absolutely. Well said, man, because that's something that needs to be addressed a lot, especially, like I said, we talk about this all the time, but right now in this very present moment, any conversation I open with some friends of mine will have some direction um, or it'll go in the direction of, well, this ritual has never been explained to me, therefore I've dropped it, mm -hmm. you know, like, or I'm just like not going to, right. you know, but if you open a conversation even further, they're still wanting to literally look and reach for that door that we're talking about, the connection with the above, the below. They just don't have the actual way to transcribe that feeling they feel inside, which we all have, which is what's so great about this Emerald Tablet and why it's been translated so many times is that it's within us. So when it finds us or we find it, and you're re ready for it, depending on what phase in your life you're in, you know, you you will understand it. And you'll understand it to its full capacity or to somewhat of its capacity. And I guess that's just the journey, right? Yeah. No, absolutely. Uh, so. And absolutely. And, you know, just to kind of reiterate to our listeners, because um, if you're like, what are these guys talking about? Um, you can find the Emerald Tablet online if you just look up the Emerald Tablet. They'll pull up all the different translations. It's not; it's yeah. in the public domain now, so you can get a bunch of different ones and read a bunch of them and kind of see what one resonates with you. But a great process to do, and we'll kind of talk about this is when we're done. After you really start studying this Emerald Tablet, um, you want to create your own copy of this. And you actually decode this and you write it out in your own words. And that's oh, going to be the most that. important. That's oh, great. it's amazing. Yeah, so that's how you should do it. Maybe what we'll do is we'll open up to the listeners because we have some super advanced occult students. Um, like there's some people that listen to us that are so like so advanced to us. I feel like they just like pat us on the head like you guys are doing good work. But I would love to see their work yeah. and all these new students as well. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Um, but really, guys, this is... This rubric this that we're looking at right now is, is really just calling for us to understand the vertical connection between the above and the below. And just think of it as like the spinal cord of God, right? And just how our energy runs up the spinal cord, it's the same way. Yep. And again, we are a mirror of creation itself. So as above, so below. So how this energy works in the universe is how it works within us. And think about what you have to do with your chakras and your kundalini. It starts at the bottom and you make your way up and then you right. use it, that purified Christ consciousness to come back down and purify all those chakras and keep everything running correctly. Absolutely. Keep your human Kabbalah going. You know what I mean? So again, everything is always going to be um, kind of right in front of us. So really what this is just trying to show us is, you know, when we learn about the above, we learn about the below. When we learn about the below, we learn about the above and just that flow between. Yep. And that's what we're kind of looking at. And no, then, I thought you, you did a wonderful job of talking about it as the spinal cord to God or with God because it's always there. It's never left. You know, I don't know if, I, if I'm doing a good job of, des of describing that with a metaphor of a door, but I just feel like it's already there. The port, it's just a matter of how you unlock it, and mm -hmm. but it's waiting for you. You know what I mean? So I like that you talk about it as a flow because you're absolutely mm -hmm. right. In Eastern philosophy, it was always presented that way, right? You know, not yeah. being denied in any way. So I think that's that's really good. And and so to move forward, though, yeah, you know, uh, it's the father is the son, right? So the third rubric, yes, yes, the third rubric that is the mother, the moon, the wind that carries its belly, and the nurse that is earth, right? The the grounding. So we're right. talking about, you know. A little further than just what it is that's above us, kind of describing, right? You know how it all works with the with the cosmos. You know, yeah, absolutely, yeah, man. And this is what we're kind of looking up here. Is this is actually 
what it's telling us right now is this is the first four steps of alchemy. So really what this is talking about is the archetypes that we will see in the below. Right. So we're kind of dealing with the below in this one, right? Is that the below elements? These are the below elements. Yeah. And that's going to be your fire, water, earth, right. and air. Okay. okay. So so this is really the 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 great work. This is really the called the the riddle of the the whole the whole um, stands all 34 lines. This is called the rubric. This is actually where the rubric's cube comes from, because this is the riddle. Because what it happens in here is this is the grand conundrum, because the third rubric is really talking about the description of that one thing as it manifests in the material world. So again, this emerald tablet is very much focused on the one thing, not so much the one mind. So when we say it, its father is the sun. We're talking about the one thing. So the one thing's father is the sun. The one thing's mother is the moon. Okay. The one thing is carried in the wind of the belly. Okay. The one thing's nurse is the earth. Okay. So it's talking about this primordial, this prima material element, right? Right. Um, and again, we don't talk about the one mind as much because this document is more concerned with the application and less with the spiritual religious aspect of it. Mm. Okay. So, um, so this is really kind of the the process, and this is really the, the first four steps of the alchemical process, right? The father is the son. Right. We do with fire. That's calcination, right? And then we have the mother, the moon. Yep. That's going to deal with the moon is water, right? And then the wind carries it in its belly. That's going to be separation. Air. And then we're going to have the earth is the origin of all. Right. And that's going to be um, coagulation. Yeah. Right. So so what are we doing here? We're purifying, we're baptizing the four elements of the self. Right. Okay. So we're working with those four elements of this plane. Right. And again, these are the archetypal elements. And and one thing that I kind of noticed as we were kind of preparing for this, um, we did such a good job of before we went over the Emerald Tablet, we went over the Hermetic Laws, uh, we went over the planets. So you kind of got the archetypes of the planets and kind of the metals that are within alchemy. The one thing we probably should have done beforehand was done a whole episode on the elements. Those elements. The elements, the four elements, right? And what we're going to really look at today is the four elements that manifest on this realm, and then we're going to look at the three trifold elements that actually manifest on the, the realm of mind yeah. and the above. And we'll kind of talk about that and the four plus the three, that's going to make up the seven steps of alchemy. alchemy. Um, so we are going to, next week, I think we're going to focus on the elements and really break down the elements because they're... They're so fascinating, and they are the building blocks of creation. And again, when we talk about water, when we talk about air and fire, we're not talking about the physical representation of this, right? We're right. talking about the archetypal essence um, that kind of comes from this. Um, so again, this this alchemical process, this emerald tablet, is just is just the aspect of you know changing this one thing, so this prima materia from lead to gold. Right. Okay. So it's all about this idea of transmutation. Um, so they really felt that this one thing that they're talking about in this, so this one thing that we keep speaking about, this prima material, they really saw this as a, a spiritually charged presence that could be manipulated and that this one thing naturally evolved to higher levels of organization over time. Okay. So they believed all lead will eventually make itself into gold, but it could take millions and millions of years. Right. So the alchemist using the Emerald Tablet is just looking to speed up this process, okay, Some from changing physical lead to gold. Um, but really, the alchemist's soul, um, the one that's the one thing within man, also could be raised to perfection, okay, because that's that element that creates. So that soul that's within us is also the one thing. Um, and so if we can change transformation on the physical from lead to gold, we could also do it in the mental and the spiritual, because the principles of transformation are universal. So the so this this one thing is really the subject and the focus of this entire document. So anytime we say it, that's the pronoun we're referring to. Um, and the gathering of this one thing, and that's why we go through the process of calcination so we can get that you know, the ashes that are left over, this is the generation of that one thing. So this is why we go through this purifying process is you collect to this one thing, right. and then you take it through the further steps, which is the transmutation of it. This is the subject of the Emerald Tablet and alchemy itself. It's just the gathering and the true and the transmutation of this one thing. Right. Okay. So, uh, so again, we're just kind of talking about the first four steps of alchemy, the work of the below, um, fire, water, air, earth. So 
this idea, um, kind of to go a little bit deeper, and we'll cover this further, is that this one mind kind of imposed a fourfold image on the one thing and kind of gave it four characteristics to be able to create matter matter on both the physical, the mental, and the spiritual. So everything is kind of made up of a unique combination of these this fourfold thing, and that's going to be the fourfold elements. So again, everything is striving for a complete and balanced expression of these elements. And that's what we're really going to see. When we put these elements in their proper order with their proper purification, right. we get gold. So um, that's really what that third rubric is working. And then, you know, we say, um, you know, it's inherent straight is perfected if it's turned into earth. Right. And we're going to talk about that because that's kind of the goal of it. Because remember, you you gather all these four elements on earth and then it, you raise it back up. And then when it comes down, it's perfected. And right. it's all about perfecting that self before we can climb that ladder to the above. So at this aspect, we're still working with those first four steps, which are the first four elements. Yeah. And that's in the realm of the below. And you need to make those four steps first before we go to the above, which is what it stated actually in, I mean, it's funny how that's, I didn't know that was the riddle. That that's that the cubic screw. Yeah. yeah. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. That is very interesting. Cause what's next, you know, obviously is, um, separating it. Right. right? And this is kind of more of the, um, this is when we're bringing it. Cause what, what are we doing? We're separating the earth from the fire. So what we're doing here is that first, cause we're on the fourth rubric, right? Yeah. Um, separate the earth from the fire. Yes. So we're now at this point, we're separating the body from the thought. So what this is, is it's that rebirthing process. Right. Okay. This is the killing to create a new. So we're separating the thought, the life first energy from the earth, which is our incarnate body. So we do, we go through this process of death, right? So um, separate the earth from the fire, the subtle from the gross, gently and great ingenuity. It rises from earth to heaven and then descends again. Yep. This is the process of distillation. Right, you you raise up the temperature, you bring it down. Exactly. You raise it up and bring it down. Um, um, thereby combining with itself the powers of both the above and the below. And this is again what we're looking at. This is we begin to work with the powers of the above in this fourth rubric. This is the place of the one mind. So now we've taken the one thing that we've purified through the first four right. steps, and we brought it up um, to the divine thought or that divine will. Okay, so this is going to be. Out of the rubrics, this is going to be the most, I guess, mystical or metaphysical rubric um, and kind of the less direct, but this is just that reconnecting to the fire, finer substances that we lost with our indoctrination and our right. growing out of that childhood essence, right? Um, so really, this is working with um, kind of the elements of heaven, and this is what we're going to be kind of dealing with here. Um, so it's very interesting because the elements of the below and the elements of the above are different in almost degree. So we have the elements below, which are going to be the four elements that we're familiar with, and that's, you know, fire, water, air, and earth, right? Um, and we worked with those, right? So now as we make it up to this fourth rubric right. and these last three steps, we're now dealing with the, tri the triad um, elements of what you would call heaven or the above or the divine mind. Um, and so this is where we're actually going to start dealing with, again, the Trinity, um, the Trinity of Christian, uh, Christianity, or in Buddhism, you would call this the three jewels. Right. Um, and this is going to be father, which is going to be that masculine energy of the heavens. And we're going to denote this as sulfur. Okay. Um, the sun or the androgynous this is going to be denoted as mercury, and then the female is going to be denoted as salt. Right. Okay, so the elements that we're actually going to be dealing with within the heavenly realms as these three elements are going to be sulfur, mercury, and salt, and that's going to be the fifth, the sixth, and the seventh operation. Right. So we have sulfur, mercury, and salt. Um, and these are sulfur being kind of the essence of creation, Salt be in the earth, right. and mercury is that mediator between. It's the child, it's the divine son. That's okay. kind of the mediator in between. Um, so, Are we reaching a process of fermentation? So yeah, so fermentation is happening um, with that sixth step, right? So right after that, we have fermentation. That's right. kind of the death. That's the death and the rebirth. Um, so the fermentation is that, that death and the rebirth, and you just kind of think about how fermentation actually works. Right. Like you let, Like you're making wine— you let the grapes 
die and rot. Mm-hmm. And then the essence of those grapes is extracted. And then you put it through the distilling process. Right. Right. So again, how we make alcohol is the alchemical it's process. Yes. Right. Exactly. I'm so what's the oldest that. recipe in the world is alcohol. alcohol. Yeah. So it's because it was based off of this alchemical process. So, so yes, this process. Um, so again, now that we're kind of looking at this from the fourth rubric, because this is the last three steps, this, we see that the, the secret of alchemy is, the process of alchemy is to purify the four earthly elements of, in the soul, and then we activate the heavenly elements, which lay dormant within us, uh, until the first four steps are completed. So those three elements of the sulfur, mercury, and the salt can't be activated until there's purification done at those first four. Exactly. So again, this is a, a linear order. Right. So, and this is the order that, this is how the alchemists learned this order was from the Emerald Tablet. And right. it's buried within, because again, you could just blow through this like any other poem and just be like, there is, that was nonsense, right? Oh, if, yeah. If any Western scientist read this, they would not see any significance in this document. But any Western scientist scientist that has worked within the process of the scientific, sci, or scientific process of basically going through these steps will have an end result. That's the it's, thing. It's a recipe that it's a re- it's, it's still being used. You exactly. Know? So if you actually put this through the scientific method, you would get the results. Right. Which is so important because like even modern science, like we really don't even use the scientific method anymore because if something doesn't fit the scientific narrative, we just bury it. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, like, oh, you know what? Like that doesn't fit with all the textbooks we're printing. And we're making a lot of money out them textbooks, so let's do that. It's the same thing with history. Right. Like, we'll find bodies of people that show that there was people living in the Southwest, like, way farther than we thought they were. And, like, some eager person will send them to the Smithsonian, and then the Smithsonian gets them. And then, like, two months later, they're like, no. yeah, we lost them. Yeah. We don't know what happened to them. It's like, how do you lose that? Like, wait, that's your only job. Like, you're the Smithsonian. Like, yeah. you know, so, again, if it doesn't fit the, if it doesn't fit the, um, the agenda... Or it doesn't fit that the common dialogue anymore. It gets rejected, you know. Which is awful because, like, that's a great way of putting it to lead us into something that we should all be going towards, which is, you know, connecting, right? Connecting with, uh, with the glory of the universe, like actually getting there, right? You know, and instead we just like shoot ourselves in the foot by being like, oh, I don't want to go that far. I'm just going to go right. back that this way. Well, you're not going to be as interested in TikTok videos if you right. know that the glory of God is within you. Yeah, you're, just, <laughs> you're like, oh, yo, right? shit. Yeah, like, are you going to really be, like, a grown man wearing another man's last name on your back if you understood that you are the universe? Yeah. Like, it doesn't work that way. It doesn't like, work that way. Your fantasy football team's going to hurt because yep. you're not going to really care anymore, you know? Exactly. So, like, this fake, the, they've, they've gone comfortable with not purifying those four elements, and it, their elements are so unpurified that they don't even see the spark of divinity, which is those higher three elements. Right. You know what I mean? Because it's it's not there. It's dormant. That door, they don't even see the stairs to get up to that door. And, you know, this is, luckily for us, we're in this community that we share with all of you where, you know, depending on where we are in that journey, we at least know that there's stairs and we're trying to get to that that great door that you're speaking of, you know, where you yeah. can kind of connect the two and get that flow state back online. Well, understanding the true glory, not the glory that someone has given you as an idea to abide by so right. that's a that's something that we all deal with is like the glory that lies within you doesn't need to be measured up to the standards of something or a system that's been created by us beings at a lower vibration not at a greater vibration where it's like no you are all the potential in this stadium not just the one player who holds the trophy of the one word we use glory for this game you just won mm-hmm. it's like oh it's terrible how they use such a beautiful um idea or a word like glory to mm-hmm. or to ascend to greatness but the greatness within their dome right it's like a weird yeah it's a anyways. weird man it's but you know what's so interesting man because again these people will be like oh no there's this energy doesn't work and the observer effect That's, isn't yeah. real but these are the same people that like will go to a sporting event and they'll cheer on their team and their team might be a huge underdog but that they have the energy of the crowd exactly. behind them. That's what I'm trying they to say. They come back and going. they make a win. Keep going. And people exactly are like, right. oh, that was amazing. I can't believe, you know, we beat the the best fart team in the world and we were the worst fart team. Exactly. But they don't understand that they had a lot to say in that. And there, there's a reason why there's a, in sports, like home field advantage actually matters. Um, that because energy. that energy, yeah. that energy is yeah. there. Like it's, it's hard. It's not just the noise. And the noise is still a physical vibration exactly. that's causing a kind of, uh, um, you know, um, rumbling of the matrix but right. it's that thought energy working against you from like kicking a straight goal when 
there's hundreds of thousand people with their thought energy wanting you to miss it. Like you have to be so concentrated and disciplined to make that happen. And that's why people, most sporting players will have like their better games on their home field. You know, you have those other players that can kind of transcend that. And those are those greats. And they, they really understand pattern and stuff like that. And I, I mean, we don't really, I don't really need to talk more about that, but like you do have those imagery and like those individuals that can kind of rise above that kind of energy. But like, it's a powerful thing. Well, I like that you're talking that in exact, it's a great example of what you're saying, because that is when you have a connection with your fellow being. So yes, we're at a sporting event. Yes, we're at some cultural like gathering that we all agree on. But the one thing that is carried this night from okay to great was the same thing that we're talking about right now that lives within all of us. Right. But instead we dismiss that and go like, that's just a great night, yeah. you know? And it's just like, oh my gosh. Yeah. But like we manifested that and right. we can do more than that. Just beyond making a team of some whatever, you know, fill in the blank win. You know what I mean? It's like we can have the ultimate win on this earth, on this plane of the things that we complain about the most that we don't have. So let's just like direct the energy that way. But anyways. Yeah, no, I mean, I I get it too. And like you see the brotherhood and sisterhood that kind of comes out at that because like you're walking into the game and people are tailgating and they're like offering you food and stuff. And like you're communal because you're like, rooting for the same, you know, fart team. But like, really, at the end of it, like, why can't we always be like that? Like, if, if you guys right. really want to see, yes. like, how powerful your energy is and how welcoming you could be, right. we could always be on this stage. Yeah. We could always be telling, like, we're going into this game or whatever it is. Um, and I guess it is just Well, someone game. just beat us to the punch to put a mask over the exactly. thing that we can't or, or have decided not to look at. So right. someone else was like, oh, you're not picking this up? Like, let me paint it for yeah. you. Let me show you how it's played. But within my... like restraints you Mm -hmm. know um within my restrictions and that's what we call you know an organization like whatever again fill in the blank of whatever organization we're talking about but um yeah yeah. i mean and dude dude, the social engineers right at the turn of the 20th century right around the 1900s spoke about this they're like oh we're gonna make sports not just a youth thing anymore we're gonna make it of adults and we're gonna have other adults cheering on other adults and learned individuals at the time are like that's the craziest thing in the world there's never going to be a man rooting for another man to play a ball game you're never going to accomplish that and now i mean we might have spoken about this before but now the 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 study that used to be in the room has now turned into the man cave right you know and sundays used to be dedicated to higher thought discussion and now it's dedicated to football yeah which is awful which is terrible yeah. And that's the same reason why, I mean, and we'll get off of this tangent for a second, but it, it is really the reason why people turn to such violent behavior also if it's not going their way within the opposing, um, uh, or, or if the opposition, you know, happens to win over that energy from them. That's why there is such violence. It's mm-hmm. like, no, this is not just primitive. It's not like, because some people might say, like, I don't understand why two individuals could ever you know, um, harm each other based on something so, I don't know, frivolous and just like not really line within it's something uh, powerful, but it is because it's intertwined in your mind by the social engineers to believe that this is like your credo. This mm-hmm. is like, this is what you're, this is what you're dying for right yeah. now. It's like, no, you're not dying for the Patriots, right. man. Like no stop. Man. Right. But anyways, I'm not gonna, I, no hate towards anybody in their sports. Um, I'm just saying it's interesting how we've been brought up to, admire such things about our potential but within the constraints of someone else's idea you know what i mean right. so it's like this is how you admire them this is the process to get to this ad- admiration and you know realistically we can all do that with everything we we encounter and on this on this plane but right. anyways let's yeah. let's move on Great, <laughs> man we're definitely going to get some listeners to send us some ADD medication someday, I think. Cause we, I, think so. I love our tangents though. Um, but cool. So we talked about that fourth rubric, right? So let's go back into the real, right? Which is the Emerald tablet. Right. So, so we talked about the, that fourth one, which, which I really am excited to kind of break down with you guys. Cause we're going to look at sulfur, mercury, um, and salt again. Um, because again, you start with salt at the beginning of this process and right. you kind of come back to this quintessence of the salt at the end. Um, so again, this process of alchemy is to purify these four um, earthly elements in our soul, so internally, and then activate those heavenly elements, which have laid dormant until we go through this um, completed first four steps and we kind of purify. So again, we go through this process of dissolving that which is inferior within us, and then we coagulate all that is superior 
and that's that above energy, and that's where we make that ladder up to the stars. Right. Um, so this fifth rubric, um, this will you obtain the glory of the whole universe. All obscurity will be clear to you. This is the greatest first of all powers because it overcomes every subtle thing and penetrates every solid thing. So what we're talking about here is um, what some researchers have called uh, the quiescence or the, the fifth element. Right. And this is the greater stone. So the lesser stone is done after the fourth one, right? right? And that's the marriage of the sun and the moon. And that's after coagulation, right? So that's when we perfect the first four elements. And then the greater stone, um, that fifth element, that's what happens when we complete the process. Right. And we make it through the process of the sulfur, mercury, and the salt. Um, and this greater stone or the philosopher's stone perfects any substance. So this is the, the one thing now that we've been talking about is now completely connected to the one mind. Right. All this is, is one. Always, all is one. This is the Midas touch. Everything you touch turns to gold. Right. Okay. And that's, that's not only a physical gold, like what you may, you're going to be able to manifest on an, an amazing level, but more what you touch to people through your emotions and your thoughts. Right. right. So this is why you have a prophet. A prophet went through these seven steps, comes back down. And what a prophet does is just raises the vibration and of the potential everybody. of everybody around to such a huge level. Right. So like all the prophets that have ever come to the past, they've gone through this process. And then when they come back down... It's just like game on and right. everybody, a prophet just gives you a new ability to perceive the above and right. it gets people connected to it. And you, you start putting out that vibration and your touch starts to expand and you start to make this, this golden wave. And that's what true prophets really do. Um, so again, everything you touch turns to gold, the perfected first matter within us. Um, it's the purification of the soul and the union of the spirit. This is that that garment of light. This is that robe of glory that we've always spoken about. Um, and it does. It's life-changing. You know what I mean? This is this is why we're on this work. This is why we've gone through this process. Um, and this is what we, you know, for us to even be interested in this, to be talking about this in such a material time, in such a what you would call a dark time in spirituality, is because individuals have gone through this. Exactly. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um and this is the process. This is the kind of that end goal, you know? Right. And then again, as you come down, you go on different levels and you're always kind of going through this. It's kind of like a right. spiral up. Um, so after you go through that seven process, there's still more to be done. You're never done with it, but it's a, it's a huge step that first time you can make it through. Absolutely. So, um, so yeah, the fifth rubric, the, the idea of it's the one thing connecting with the one mind. Yep. Um, it's that all is one and that unity consciousness. And that's really where we get the ultimate creator and the ultimate prophet. Um, so we go to the, the sixth rubric, um, and it says, in this way was the universe created. From this comes many wondrous applications because this is the pattern. And right. this is what you call this. This is the pattern rubric. Um, they actually called this, um, some rubrics, you'll see this in some translations, they'll call this the sample. And the ideal was that the Emerald Tablet actually had a piece of the sample of this pattern, like physically on it. Interesting. Um, which is so interesting, right? Um, so this is, the, this is the tablet contains the pattern of the creator to become a creator, right. right? But again, you can't go through this if you're doing it for selfish reasons. Exactly. So you can't use this uh, maliciously because you're not going to be able to complete the process. You might get to the first four steps, but you're never going to get up to the first three. Yeah. The, you're never going to get through those past three. The true transmutation. The true transmutation, the greater stone, right? Um so again, it says in this way, the universe was created. So it's telling you that this is the pattern of the universe. Okay. So this is the pattern that you need to manifest by because as above, so below, right. because you are a piece of the, you are part of creation. So that makes you a creator. Okay. Right. So this is how you manifest it. And this is how you will manifest. Right. Right. Um, and you can see this in, in so many different um, ideologies or philosophies, like even the Gnostics believe that, you know, if with through discipline and through every meditation of right. their own form, form of meditation, you could reach this form of, of, of God, right. of, of really understanding that. So it's just fascinating when you start to read into it more, you're like, oh, okay. Some people had the right idea. Some people kind of bend the rules a little bit towards right. this, you know what I mean? But yeah, I love at the source of it, wherever these things were created, they had the right idea. It's right. when man gets involved. Exactly. You know what I mean? It's like even Christianity was a beautiful organization right. prior to like the Council of Nicaea, you know, and the fart heads coming together yeah. and like changing it and taking Every, away. Right. You know? 
Because again, this is this is in the Bible. This is in all these. Yeah. This is the seven days of creation. This is what we're talking about, right? right? This is why that number seven comes up so often. This is why there's seven planets. This is why there's seven days of the week. It's the creation of your calendar, right? right? So again, with the seven musical notes and that eighth note is the next octave. I was octave. just going to say, you always say that. And it's my favorite thing, just like that you've always said since the beginning of this podcast. It's just like understanding that once you reach that, octave you know it starts over again but mm-hmm. in a different you know at a different in a different uh tone you know you're right. just like okay but it's still here i'm still higher here frequency, higher right? frequency yeah. yeah yeah and that it's important for us to realize that man because a lot of times i think people would mistake it like did i take a step back because you're back at that calcination right. stage i'm so glad you brought that up does that yes, make sense yeah absolutely. so no yeah being aware of your pattern and being aware of the patterns and how they work in these higher octaves are so important because I know there's been times that I've kind of stepped up, but I'm back on a low note and I kind of like almost start backpedaling and I'm like, wait, what did I do? Like what happened? Um, but when you actually see this pattern for what it is and that this pattern, you know, goes all the way up and all the way down, you realize they like, oh no, I'm just on a new octave and right. I'm just starting back in calcination. I have to make my way back up. Um, so being aware of that, yeah. you know, and being subtle and again, just touching in with that heart. And that's what's huge in this Emerald Tablet. Remember, you're not just using your brain, you're opening up your heart. Exactly. And that's really where this information is going to come by. Your your heart, your brain almost has to like kind of absorb everything and then almost like take a step aside to let that heart really kind of connect that generative energy to kind of get everything moving in your spinal cord so you can tap into the spinal cord of the universe. I'm so glad you bring that up because people will tell you, you know, I don't know what happened to me. You know, I was so gung-ho about mm-hmm. what my convictions were or what my purpose was while you're here. It's like, no, you're, you're still on it. You're good to go. Just because you've started back at the beginning of a new octave doesn't mm-hmm. mean you've taken steps further back from where you started a long time ago you, this is just a different perspective it's just a different playing right. field um, oh, it, but people it, get really caught up in that they're like what happened sure. to me and it's like no 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 you're still there like just because you understood this doesn't mean it's over right and just because you know how to attain it doesn't mean that you stop there like it's all about raising the vibration for everyone but mm-hmm. also being okay with the fact that it's a new phase again. You know what I mean? I think that's really hard for a lot of people to deal with. No, man. I And personally, just to kind of like, you know, because we're individuals going through this process, man, I think, um, you know, these last couple months that you're aware, like had something in, outside of my life, like a, a breakup happen. Right. And you do, you get like knocked off. And, right. I didn't, and it took me a moment to like, actually, when I really kind of sat down and like processed everything that like, you know, maybe I needed to take this step. Like maybe... You know, as much as I cared about that other individual, like we both needed this for growth and we were probably on a new level, you know? And and once I did that, once I accepted that, you know, that was over and like, I need to keep going on this path. And like, I can't be like, because I was, I was like, it was harder for me to study, like the patron account. I was, I wasn't publishing as much as I wanted to. I was just not, that excitement was kind of, I felt like my vibration was really low, but I didn't realize that I'm on a new octave. Right. You know what? I need to keep climbing because like, that's what I'm here for. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I have to be blessed for the experience that happened and I have to be blessed that like, I'm going to take that experience into the future and become a more complete person from it. You That's know what I mean? Man. But it is, it's hard. And it's one of those things like we talk about it and then it happens to you and you're like, well, it's different f- for me. Cause I'm me, you know what I mean? And oh, you think, yeah. you think like you're an oddity in this, but you're like, no, you're, you're part of this pattern and you just right. have to kind of recognize it. So, uh, so again, um, yeah, I mean, it's, Oh, beautifully said, man. I think you're doing a great job as your friend. I haven't even cried. <laughs> <laughs> but it would be good if I did because that's right, the solution. Right. Um, but um, but yeah, I mean, breakups just, just suck. But uh, They do. But it is one of those moments where I think it's important to acknowledge it before you self-destruct. And I think that's yeah. what people do. Yeah. Is that they're like, no, no, no. I was, I was vibrating at this frequency so high. What happened? And it's like, well, it's going to feel different when you're on a new plane fail, field and also you know, unknown territory. But one thing that I want to stress to a lot of people out there, our listeners is like, don't go beating yourself up for Mm -hmm. that. Like don't in that new position that you find yourself in, you might be alone for a second, but it doesn't mean that you're like completely off base or you're just like, Oh my God, like I lost my foundation. It's like, no, you're just rebuilding it now. And it's, it's just tough. Be stronger. Yeah. Be stronger. Yeah. But again, don't, don't go so far backwards as to like, 
kick your kick yourself so hard that you're just like really wounded. It's and like, then you okay. you create all this self breaking down. Right. And I would never want to lie to our listeners. I might have cried once. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie to you. <laughs> That's guys. a good thing. You guys are my best. It's a good thing. So um so great. So we made it through that six rubric, right? Six rubric done, which is the pattern rubric, right? And that contains the pattern to become a creator. Um, so then we come to this seventh rubric, um, and this is what you call the Trinity rubric. The thrice. And this is the thrice greatest, right? And this is, therefore, I am called thrice greatest Hermes, having Which, all three parts of the wisdom of the whole universe. Herein, I have completely explained the operation of the sun. So what we have here is what we call the Trinity rubric, and this is thrice greatest Hermes Trismegistus. I was right? going to say the Trismegistus. Trismegistus. That's the origin, yeah. Yeah, and this is just saying that all levels of reality, the spiritual, the mental, and the physical, he has conquered all three levels. Right. So the sun, the moon, the earth, the sulfur, the mercury, and the salt. Um, and so what we're saying is we've embodied it on all levels, the spiritual, the mental, and the physical. We have taken through this alchemical process. Um, and the last line is very important, the operation of the sun. This is a way to describe really God in a very, in a very most objective way. Um, cause what the sun is, is it's really talking about this conversion of energy into matter. Right. So the sun again is the last step of the alchemical process because it's showing you physically how you conversion this energy and how you transmutate energy into matter. So how you make you the whole universe. Exactly. The creation. Right. right? And again, the sun is self-sufficient, right? So it's a generator of its own energy. So the sun is within you. So when you uncover this internal sun, you are a generator of its own energy. The sun does not need a sacrifice like wood. Right. So like if we have a campfire, we're sacrificing the wood to burn out and to release that sunlight, but something's being burnt away. Right. Right. Um, or fuel to create a fire. Some kind of fuel is needed to create fire in the material realm. And it's not coming back. And it's not coming back. Well, the sun is self-generating. Right. It's self-generating that energy. So we too have this internal energy. It's that hidden sun of our true self. Yes. It's the sun of God. Yes. Right? The sun God. The sun God. So again, we kind of come back around with everything. Um, and we always come back face to face with ourselves. Yes. Right. The self. The self. Know thyself. Know thyself. And that's what this whole process is about. So that was um, a rough breakdown of the Emerald Tablet. Again, we could have hours and hours of podcast probably just on one of these rubrics. And I think right. we're, and kind of what we were kind of discussing is after we go through this whole program, because I think alchemy really, um, one, I think this is what our listeners were the most excited about. Like we, right. that was our, by far our most downloaded episode. Um that we've ever had, um, especially as quickly as it was. Um, and we just got a lot of response back from it. And I really feel like there's um, there's kind of a hole in occult knowledge when it comes to alchemy, when it comes to like spoken word stuff about it, um, especially application. So I really foresee alchemy really taking up um, a good chunk of the next couple of months of episodes because um, there's just so much to cover. Because again, we have to go over those three elements. We have to talk about the four elements of earth. Um really kind of start breaking down. Like, I mean, we can don't go step by step too. Like we could do a whole episode on calcination and what we're going to see. That's what I was going to suggest. Yeah. So if you guys want to send us some messages, we've had some great feedback from you guys. Uh, one, one suggestion I was going to have for Daniel is to just go down each step because you can make an entire, I mean, right now I just want to keep going, you know, and we're right. up, we're up on past an hour here, but doing each step one at a time and then breaking down the examples of each step would be something that I myself would appreciate as just someone who wants to study more of this occult research that we do, but also like bring up various examples since there's so many out there, like just like this Emerald tablet episode is, is fantastic. We can go on forever, you know, right. but I like that we had a broad introduction to it and now we can sort of like dissect it. And I think we should do that with alchemy, you yeah. know, or continue to, I should say, right. You know, not let it just end at that episode we did, which is, I think was 31. If I'm not mistaken. Yeah, so is this 33? It's 33, nice. which is great, right? Well, this is the, awesome. The timing of that. Right. The, uh, the 33rd Mason when the ice melts around the heart. Right. And that's pretty much what we're kind of talking about here. Right. So, um, so yeah, I mean, obviously you're getting a glimpse of how we just sort of operate as we go, but this is, it lies um, within that truth that we talked about in the beginning of this episode. It's just something that we're see seeking something that we're trying to evolve into and something that we're trying to um, make everyone else rise up to. Uh, so let's, let's like break down like how to, 
how to get there. And um, almost definitely. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that's all I have for today, man. I mean, unless you want to start going down another rabbit hole here with Emerald tablets. Should I start beatboxing? No. <laughs> no, We'll Daniel. save that for an episode And I'm not good at beatboxing. No, he's pretty good. I'm actually not good at beatboxing at all. You're making that up. Okay, I'm just lying right now. <laughs> but no, always all the love in the world to all of you guys. Um, thank you again for um, all the support. Thank you again yes. for all of our patron support. Um, just again, all you guys that are sharing the um, document. I'm sharing the post, sharing the podcast. We've had some people grab some merch and they've snapped some pictures of themselves. So all you beautiful people out there, um, if you do have some merch of us, please snap a picture of it because we love to see it. Uh, And again, we're working on getting some really cool stuff. We're really going to try to focus in on how do we can get more occult um, stuff out there. So again, if you have any ideas or you ever want to create something, you just let us know. Absolutely. We'll fund the whole thing. Absolutely. Um, yeah, no, uh, I'm glad you brought up the merch. So we have some really good things coming, especially for our Patreon account members. But for everyone else also, we always want to keep everybody included. So stay tuned. Stay tuned. Yeah. Um. All right, well, that being said. Until next time. Until next time, sir. Breakfast is the most important meal of the day. Not only does it give us the energy we need, It also gives us an opportunity to make a positive environmental impact. Earthling Food Company originated from the simple truth that what is good for the body is good for the planet. They create delicious, plant-based food that lifts us up rather than weighs us down. That's right, you will never find preservatives, refined sugar, oil, animal products, gluten, or any other crap that is environmentally destructive. Only the good stuff. Would you like a hearty granola that is both delicious and healthy? What, what about uh, something with zero cholesterol or an alternative to scrambled eggs? Earthly Food Company has you covered. They are a brand new husband and wife startup, so check back regularly for new products. Greg and Jen have been listeners and supporters of the Know Thyself podcast since our very first episode. We first collected on a philosophical conversation and then through the conversation learned about this really exciting new project that they were creating, which is a organic amazing granola that they want to share with all the listeners of our community artisan granola and seasoning make a great holiday gift visit earthlingfood.company that's earthlingfood.company did you say earthlingfood.company that's exactly what i said to order online and use the discount code know thyself that's one word know thyself for 15 percent off your purchase They are also offering uh, free shipping on orders over $70. So, uh, you know, order online today. I would do it like right now.